who you are happy pride everyone and welcome to the holding space it is the pride month episode sort of just because it comes out in june um i am your host maddie mariposa and today i am joined with um someone i don't know who am i joined with today introduce yourself to the people friend hi 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 uh my name is roy scandela i am an actor and a writer and an artist wow <laughs> um, I could not have said it better myself. I mean, I'm sure I could have, but I didn't try, and that's okay. Give it a shot. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> As y'all know, season two is all about giving things a second chance. Uh, it's all about second chances, and today we are going to be convening and talking and chatting and discovering about giving romance a second chance, allegedly, uh, <laughs> in honor of Pride Month, you know. Uh, you know how straight people love to say love is love instead of actually giving me any reparations or rights and so we will be talking about love and romance today um just for some context and to figure out where we're coming from into this space uh let's let's start off with a very easy one uh or maybe not <laughs> if you had to categorize yourself between the kind of big categories of hopeless romantic or sort of more jaded when it comes to love uh how would you categorize yourself Roy Ooh, okay um I'm I'm hesitating like I don't know the answer to that question um I am absolutely 100% a hopeless romantic uh and I thought I thought that initially when I when I think about it I thought that I had become incredibly jaded um, just based on past experiences and going through the ringer of just romance. You know, there's a good and bad side to all of it, right? But um, I, I, I haven't changed in, in, in my belief in, in the grand scheme of, of what love is or can be or what romance can be. Like, I, I genuinely have never once lost hope. Um, and I don't know, I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's just because that's inherently who I am, but, uh, yeah, I am for sure a hopeless romantic. Like, I, I feel like I go to great lengths for, for things that I care about. Well, that is very beautiful. Unfortunately, dear listeners, today I know you are so used to me being a ball of sunshine, a hopeful ray, a gorgeous uh, light in this dark world. But today I will be taking the side of a jaded, um, you know, person when it comes to love, unfortunately. Um, mm -hmm. I think I can be very hopeful about humanity and, and, and relationships and and things of that nature but when it comes to romance i'm so sorry love but it is the it is hell in there um you have to be a certain type of person um and unfortunately i'm just not <laughs> so today i think that is where we'll be coming from um and that is totally okay um do you think you were always like you know super or do you have any, like, what is your earliest memories of, like, sort of interacting with love or the idea of romance or, yeah, like, what are your earliest notions? Mm, uh, that's a, that's an, that's a good question. Um, to be honest, I, I, I think for me, like, my earliest uh, ideas of what love is or what it looks like or what it can be have like they've always been rooted in in books which is which is really interesting now in retrospect because it is i guess stemming from a a, a storybook idea or ideal of what love is or what romance becomes and you know whatever form it takes um you know i don't think that it was ever like my idea of love was never in it was never at home it was never or not at least not romantically right like you have your nurturing love that you grow up with uh and that experience um yeah it's definitely come from books 
and you know so you know growing up as a kid like I because of that I think I just had this idea of love being so grand and almost like this massive shield that you can kind of walk around life with because it it really empowers you to feel like you can be at the top of the world and do whatever you feel like doing um now as an adult I think that um I see love more so as as an as a as a brave act as a courageous act as a risk you know um and less to do with with you know those that story tale perfect image and more to do with what you're willing to uh i don't want to say sacrifice what you're willing to because it, it because there's it's more than that what you're willing to sort of understand outside of yourself i guess yeah i get that i think well, first of all, I think what I'm hearing you say is that your first <laughs> interactions with love and romance was from fictional works, aka love is fake. I get that. Um, no. But <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, I understand. I, I do get that. And I think I want to, before we get any further, like clarify that even though sometimes I will be using romance and love interchangeably, I think I am jaded when it comes to the ideas of romance for sure like Mm. i don't think i believe Mm. in romance i don't and i think that also comes from experience and perspective it's like i have lived a very visibly and you know radically and at my core a very queer life and Mm. so romance never really resonated with me anyway i think in a fairy tale way sure but then when i realized that that wasn't gonna happen i was like oh okay work and so figuring out what love meant outside of romance and how to recontextualize romance is, I guess, the realistic, realistic, vulnerable version of what I said earlier. But it's more fun to say I don't believe in romance and that it's a lie. So uh, <laughs> that is what I mean by that. I just wanted to clarify before we move any further. Uh, so to unmuddy the waters, I do believe that love is really powerful. And I do hear what you're saying about like, love being about like understanding something outside of yourself and like the journey of like accepting it and giving it and having patience with it and all of those things and yet Mm. i just don't see it for the way that that romance is sort of like set up as an institution if you think of romance as an institution that's what i mean like the idea that like I don't believe love conquers all. That's number one. I don't believe love conquers all. I think love is more powerful than most things, but I also think that that's within the bounds of like respect and honor and morals and systematic things that are bigger than us anyway. Um, I, I think that, you know, now that you mentioned, you know, you, you said something that I, you know, I immediately uh, gravitated towards you know, you're, you mentioned patience. I think that, you know, now that I am older and that I'm an adult and, you know, and I'm kind of, you know, as an artist, you know, as an actor, you know, you're, I, I remember where I saw this, but I, I, I saw somewhere uh, a saying that said that actors are athletes of the heart. And, you know, that gets me thinking about my idea of love and what I believe love to be now and just the patience that it takes to love someone isn't necessarily, I don't see it as necessarily as a burden so much as discipline, but also it's a practice, you know, same way that, you know, that athleticism you know, being a practice that you have to kind of constantly churn it out and, 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 and train. It's something that you do by learning, you know, um, but the patience specifically is, I think, probably for me, one of the most like purest forms of love. 
and and why I think that yeah maybe maybe love doesn't conquer all but it it's I think it's it's bigger than love conquering all I think it's it's more about having people in your life or being the person in someone else's life who is always going to be willing to understand and and hold space ha I said the title uh <laughs> and hold yeah uh hold space for you in in your brightest and darkest moments that patience i think is 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 what i think makes love worth it or at least more powerful than than what we're used to you know um cuz again like you know when i touched when when i was talking about like you know growing up and seeing love in like storybooks or like that's that was my idea of love and it's grand and it's very much rooted in fantasy but you don't really see the patience of like people going through really uh hard times uh necessarily it's more of just like it's it's just like a black and white of like we go through something really terrible and but we're not it's never in storybooks love is never seen a it's never shown to you 100% as a sort of a problem that that two people are fixing together as a team so much as it is this big thing that's in the way of that love you know this grand evil especially in storybooks and fairy tales right there's this big malevolent force that's in the way of this love we conquer that force and then happily ever after um and i think that in reality you know more often than not that patience is 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 what's really showing you as a team is you know we're talking about romantic love here specifically i guess that's what i'm referring to um when you're facing something really dark as a team and you can kind of overcome it and 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 approach it with patience and perseverance i think that's when you really find some of the most powerful love in your life because you've somehow overcome you know such a big wall if you will you know it creates strength yeah i guess i'm curious about that because mm-hmm. and and i guess I'll, I'll i'll speak to i'll speak from my own experience but <clears throat> what comes up for me when i'm listening to that is like this idea of having to endure in mm. order to like validate love mm. i don't know like i guess what worries me about this idea of, of of romance that i think is pretty much like just the standard at some point is like what are the boundaries what are the borders of like okay this is us persevering together and like being a team and working through something versus like i'm enduring hardship in the name of love and that mm. is somehow romantic yeah i don't think that in yeah i i i i fully hear what you're saying i i don't think that the enduring of something hard or 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 challenging is is what creates it's it's you know it's not creating romance that's not what the romance is and i also don't think that your ability to overcome things is what love is necessarily what i mean is is the willingness to understand two sides of something when you're involved with someone romantically or otherwise um is is inherently in that in the love that you have for this person you know because you can choose to walk away you can choose to 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 no longer have to put up with whatever hardship you might be going through um but the like you you know we're not saying like you have to suffer so that and and then that's what proves that the love is real or that the romance is there um but i think that lo- like love is 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 also rooted in 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 you being able to understand 
the person that you're with and, and or at least wanting to being willing to, to to want to understand their perspective and share that perspective share in that perspective um because i guess i don't know if we're talking about romance like you know right now we're talking about like hardships in a relationship but like romance itself Mm-hmm. whatever we've built out of romance right like is 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 built in wanting to understand the person like oh they really like this thing so i'm going to create this whole like date with their favorite flowers and their favorite uh you know music and uh, we're going to go to this specific place in the park and you know i've been listening for the past 3 months and i've paid attention to all of these tiny little details and so that like it's those little details that I think for me is what rings true in romance. Um, but in, in the hardships, I think that's a lot less to do with romance and a lot more to do with, um, unconditional love, I guess, or, or at least understanding maybe, you know, maybe that's not the best phrasing for it, but just, the understanding of, you know, we've, we're going through this thing and, and either we want to fix it or we don't, you know, um, I think really in that, and we're, we're talking about forgiveness at that point, Mm -hmm. right? You know, because some of the most, the, the relationships take work and they take compromise you know right and understanding and for and a lot of forgiveness you're going to hurt each other people that love you will hurt you you know when we open up our hearts we're opening ourselves up to both being loved and being harmed at the same time it's it's almost inevitable and sometimes it happens in greater degrees than other times but right that's very true you know you are opening yourself up to to uh, potential hurt and you're also going to hurt someone else. For sure, yeah. yeah. I don't think... I, I We talked about this last um, last episode. I, I think that, for sure, um, when we move through life, there one of the guarantees of being in any relationship, including romantic ones, is that, you know, we will harm and be harmed, and there is no way to move throughout uh, interpersonal things without, like, that risk and also that, like, sort of inevitability. Uh but I do agree. Uh, I do want to move back because I think for sure we did uh, get um, onto sort of a specific point of what you said. So I do want to talk more about sure. romance in general and sort of zoom out from this point. But before we do that, let's take a quick break uh, and we'll be right back after this ad. definitely got in very deep about what it means and the bounds of love but maybe that's a uh, a podcast for a different episode or an episode for a different podcast or a a, 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 a conversation on a podcast Ooh. in a different country uh, whatever i mean mm-hmm. we are gonna go back to the main topic which is giving romance a second chance and to be fair when i decided to make this the topic i was in a different place i was I was willing to give Romance a second chance. Now I'm unwilling. So we'll see if that changes throughout (laughs) the course of the uh, episode. And to help me decide, Roy, what do you think romance can be, uh, can look like, and can uh, be created to be? Oh, okay. I mean, I think I mentioned something uh, earlier about... uh, details right um paying attention to those details and 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 sort of creating something based off of what you're now clocking that the other person really loves or cares about etc um for me romance is is really tied to shared experiences for one thing, um, 
whether that's you know the age-old watching a sunset together (laughs) uh okay you know there's something well you know hang on because there's I know no, no, it no. sounds. No, you don't, yeah. have to, you don't have to defend it. That was very cute. That was very cute. Well, well, because there's, I know that that sounds like super like corny and just like old school, you know. But I don't mean just like oh, let's go watch the sunset and that's it. I think that there is something incredibly romantic about being able to do something so minute and 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 mundane with someone yeah Um, i agree like spending the entire day at the beach and tanning and 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 being in the water and then you're like exhausted and you end up staying there till you know past 7 p.m or something and the sun is setting and just being able to share that with someone i think for me is incredibly romantic because I don't know. It's like the when you get to just be really vulnerable with someone. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not really holding back in in being able to be so normal in that moment. You know, like there's, you know, it's not really about you, I guess. But for me, I don't know. I'm also the kind of person that's like really. I I become really in tune with just uh, that specific moment because I just love nature so much. I just I it, it just helps me feel at ease, um, you know. So I think for sure I really do love the beach for a romantic setting, if you will, quote unquote. Like I think that the beach is just such a great place to just feel. Um, romance in different times of the day too right like if there's different you know but like that sweet spot of the sunset at the beach it's just a very great place to be (laughs) for romance it's so interesting because like that's one of my favorite places to be alone (laughs) <laughs> like and that's when I was my, thinking no, about that, I was like, "Wow, that is literally what I love to do alone." Like, I love to yeah. Sit. Like, I literally, I do not want anyone near this space. Uh, but, but yeah, no. I mean, I agree. I, I think I like to be alone in certain places that I also want to be romantic in. Mm, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like I mm. like to go to, you know. I like to take myself on on coffee dates. Like, yeah. that's my time to be alone. Yeah. For me, by myself, and just for my thoughts. You know, that's where I really get my writing done. Um, that's really where I get all of my writing done, actually. That's the only time that I really have to get my writing done is when I go for a walk in the morning. It's become a routine for me. And I go to the coffee shop, and I sit down, and I write, you know, but I also think that there that is also a place where I can like I want to have those moments with a partner you know and like if I can wake up in the morning and you know my my partner texts me and says you know let's go out for coffee like that is normally a, a place that I am on my own that I share with just myself and, and to be able to open yourself up to sharing it with someone that you're with is also romantic to me. Mm. Um, I hear that. I think, yeah, I think for me, like as you were speaking about things, I was thinking about like the way that I think of myself and like, I know that people say a lot of sort of, derogatory things about like how vain or stupid this might sound but like or might say but and have said um and like fine whatever if it makes me egotistical work but like I really love the romance that I built you know with myself in 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 the same regard of like creating the routines and going Mm. places that would traditionally be a romantic setting 
Um, mm-hmm. Whether that be like the sunset on the beach or, you know, a fancy restaurant or going to see, uh, you know, uh, some silly like movie and like taking myself on dates is something that I started doing because of the pandemic because I couldn't have people around. And then I really fell in love with it. And having this self romance was really important to me. So I guess in some ways, like mm. that was my second chance of romance was like not having to wait for anything or anyone or mm-hmm. having to like abide by what the world was like. Yeah. Yeah. Giving me because like I could give me it. And so I guess like, I'm so big on like romanticizing my own life and romanticizing mm-hmm. myself and really like that has helped so much in like the process of like falling in, in love with myself in like a real way and like being able to be like, yeah, I do love myself now. Whereas maybe I didn't quite uh, feel that vulnerability even with myself. But now as you're saying it, and I think it's so beautiful, like this idea of sharing those moments um, being romantic, I think lately uh, in recent maybe in the recent e- last year um i had started to share those things and those those intimate parts of myself with with my friends and i think you know what would traditionally be romantic scenarios have always been like the things that i've shared with like my chosen people and so i wonder i guess what for you is the line that makes that different in like romantic partners in 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 a more conventional sense it's like what's yeah what what how do you know that that that's crossed that romantic line well uh, i'm i'm really glad that you mentioned uh the pandemic uh quarantine was uh, for sure a time where you know you're 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 talking about romanticizing your life and sort of taking yourself on romantic dates and moments i think is such a great thing to say out loud and and to and to um own because mm. the when i was in quarantine you know i was i was staying with my partner and you know i i think i discovered so much about myself during quarantine and that really helped me like inadvertently like i wasn't you know it's not like i was like looking to figure out how to be romantic in that moment but I just realized what it was about me that drives me not what it is about me but what what it is about certain moments that drives me to want to be romantic or or what it is that was like my conduit for romance you know um and I realized that it stemmed from a love language that I had grown up with, you know, um, or sort of an act of service, which I guess it is a love language, but like for me, food, specifically food, cooking, uh, creating something for someone became this very like, you know, I don't want to get too poetic about it, but like this very fluid lyrical way of being romantic with someone you know um i am an artist i do like to work with my hands i do like to make something from nothing and create and i think that you know the sort of like tactile uh experience of cooking and making food and 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 preparing a dish for someone became during quarantine like my biggest conduit for romance like it was like it was like this huge vessel for for being romantic like I could make an entire meal I could pour wine I could you know and it's I think for me what I'm starting to realize about food because I I I do love to cook it's it just it's extremely therapeutic for me so it's you know it, it, it helps me put myself at ease and I also have power over what's going into my body, you know, so not only does it put me at ease and help my anxiety, but it's also such an such a senses filled experience that 
you sort of get lost in it. You get lost in 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 the smells and the tastes and the the sights and the sounds. And um, I kind of equate food to romance, not just because of, I guess, the sensations of it. There's no other way to say it. It just kind of reminds me of sex. You know. Okay. <laughs> not where yeah. I thought that was going. Yeah. <laughs> not where I, yeah, I... I didn't plan on okay. going there. No, but listen. Like, I think that <laughs> it's so tied to your senses, you know. Yeah. And it is... it You know, and... It's intimate. It's extremely intimate. It, it, it's so intimate. And, and I think that that's what... Yeah. Oh my God. Like as we're having this conversation, I realize that that is truly my biggest form of romance in for me. Like I, I really love to cook for my significant other or for my friends, you know. But the the line between doing it for friends and for someone that I am romantically and sexually involved with is for friends. Like it's an act of like communion, right? Yeah. For me. Like, I can have people over to my apartment and I'll make a big meal and we'll all have conversation. And, like, and I'm a conversationalist, right? Like, I love to talk with friends. I will talk with friends for hours. I just, you know. Oh, I know. Oh, we know. I've been on those phone calls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, We've been on those three hour phone calls. (laughs) Uh, uh, We we love you dearly for it. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) We appreciate it so much, me, myself, and I. Uh, but, but whereas, you know, when you're, when you have that experience with someone that you're romantically in love with, involved in, you're some, someone you're in love with, someone that you are sexually like, you know, drawn to the act of cooking or, or tasting, you know, it, it, it becomes sort of a dance between, you know, uh, those sensations that you then feel when you're intimate with someone right um especially if it's if you're making something that they've never tasted or you know like you know uh if you and your partner are just different cultures like it's also it becomes like a learning process right and for me like if you can teach me something like i am if you can teach me something if you can if if we can learn from one another like that is so incredibly sexy to me mm. you know you know i want to learn you know i want to learn i want to have conversation and i just want to like share in that that sort of experience and i think that you know during quarantine like i think that became really strong for me because my partner wasn't as skilled as a cook as i was and it was just fun like it was it was just this sort of like you know you're learning how to dance for the first time or something you know it's clumsy and it's awkward but it's also very romantic it's also very sweet and it's also very intimate and vulnerable um yeah i really love to cook yeah i i i can tell i think think that's that's it i think that's romance because i used to you know like going to a fancy restaurant is all good and great you know having a really nice cocktail is fantastic but like being able to share in in that vulnerability like indoors with someone that you really want to be with whether long term or otherwise you're just Mm -hmm. creating that sort of romantic moment with them is because it's you have power over the moment in a sense you know and at the same time, you have power over it in that you're creating something, but you also have the the unexpectedness of everything that could possibly go wrong, you know. And the wrongness in that moment is more rooted, I guess, in, in the spontaneity of the moment, right? Like the the fact that you can kind of just go in like a million different directions and the pot that you're cooking in could explode and then you just order pizza, you know, but I think that the, the very dangerous line of, of, of like the primal act of like working with fire and raw materials, you know, all of it is just very charged. I think for me, 
Well, yeah, I, I definitely see that. And I, I think we're learning a lot about what your sort of um, romance style is in practice. Um, I think for me, hypothetically, like, it's... I mean, if you if you are afraid that like your cooking uh, segment, I will call. Uh, <laughs> was, That's another episode. Yeah, yeah. If if you're afraid that it was too uh, poetic, then I think my answer is not going to vo- vote over well with you. Uh, I think because romance is hypothetical for me, it can get a little bit mm. more conceptual and like mm, mm-hmm. and sure. uh, and and poetic. Uh, because unfortunately the world kind of has been set up i'm gonna bring it back to what i mentioned earlier and like yeah it is sort of a bummer but like it's okay i'm entertaining and funny so we're gonna make it a little bit fun um unfortunately the world is set up in a way where romance has never been sort of an option let alone like something i've really experienced um and like everything that i would equate to like romantic pasts have all been some form of like super if not just explicitly fucked up um and so all that being said hypothetically i think the the romantic style that i want and that i'm or that i think i suppose in my lapses of judgment when i do believe in romance is that i just sort of want to share the passage of time with someone in a way that makes me feel like we're the only two people floating in the constellations of the universe and Mm. and i know that's a lot to ask but what it really means is someone to hold me when i cry and to think that the stupid things that i know way too much about are actually interesting and funny and and someone to you know cook with and try new hobbies with and go to new places with and that is super simple and like I am so blessed because I have many many people that I think I've already experienced life with that way like um uh you know my chosen family Imani, May, Ellie etc etc like I already have experienced life in that way so I know it's like a possible way to connect with another person it just hasn't been in an explicitly romantic way so I think that's why I was like oh, like, what is sort of the line or, like, the barrier that Mm. you know, like, okay, this is, like, romance versus, like, the same activity, just unromantically? Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, if we want to, if we want to touch on that, 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 that line that separates us from our friends to, you know, for all intents and purposes, a sexual partner that we might be romantically involved in. I think that the romance difference there really, it kind of does just come down to, because you can be, you can have romantic moments with, with friends, but I think that it's more caring, it's caring and it's loving. But when I think of romance, I liken it to, or I connect it to, a sexual partner as well right so it's or at least in this in in this yeah. context that we were just talking about now yeah because i go on dates with my friends i guess my wonder there is then like what and this is there's no answer i'm not looking for i'm really mm. like you know stream of consciousness processing yeah but like because i'm thinking about like okay there are people who definitely like don't have sex like are abstinent sure. or are um sure. are asexual um or et cetera, et cetera, but, like, still participate in, like, romance and, like, still mm-hmm, want romance. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I guess I'm just wondering, like, what is the thing? Like, I guess it's, like, more of a feeling, but, like... Yeah, maybe. I mean... I mean, you know, I, I, I think that... I really love that you that you mentioned that you, you know, for you, romance can, can kind of just look like the passage of time with someone because it's the sheer intimacy of mm. of feeling that that safety or you know the risk that you're both taking together is incredibly exhilarating 
or can feel incredibly exhilarating, you know? Um, next. I have a question. Do you believe yeah. that in romance, two become one? Or do you believe that two individuals are coming together? You know what I, I mean? I used to like, think... Okay, I used... That's a great question. I used to think that two become one. Uh-huh. In the sense, like, you become enmeshed. Em- enmeshed. What is the word? Oh, my God. You it's know okay. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you're, uh, you're, you're meant to be pretty, not smart. It's cool. Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> technically, I am foreign. Uh, <laughs> I was born in Venezuela, everybody. Um Oh, so, okay, now I'm problematic. <laughs> <laughs> You're not, not at all. You're from the Bronx, Maddie. Um, oh you get it. Isn't that another country? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. For oh, sure. of course, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. No, well, now you're the problematic one. I'll clip that, and I'll make sure that that, <laughs> that, that really No, please. What Go was I saying? What was I saying? answer, yes. Right. I used to think that two become one, and, like, kind of become, you know, sort of enmeshed, but the reality really is that, you know, two people who are not necessarily 100% the same person, they, they really, you, you cannot be the same person, come together to create something you know it would be lovely to date a me okay like if if maddie mariposa walked into this door i would date him you know what i mean it'll work it'll it'll work it'll (laughs) It'll work for me um it'll do but at the same time like yeah two people coming together to sort of create something and you know like you almost want to look at like some of your best relationship in, in in your life if you really look at them if you really analyze them are collaborative efforts. Mm. You know? Whether it's a best friend, whether it's a a sibling who is always there for you, you know, or, you know, a mentor, or, you know, in the case of this conversation that we've been having, a romantic partner, you know. Initially, you come together and you get to know each other and you're and you're sort of like introducing each other to to one another's lives, one another's interests, skills, uh, downfalls, etc. But the collaboration is that union, that relationship that you as a team are creating, you know, Um, that's your collaboration. That's your big show, your big uh the play that you're writing together, if you if you will, you know, and and sort of you you get to you both get to write the different avenues that it that it that it goes in, you know, and it changes every day. It can change every single day, and it can take new turns and spirals, you know. But there's and but I think that what what is so beautiful about that is that it will never ever look the same you know and the intimacy of that of two people coming together to create something and not just become enmeshed in one another and like lose each other in one another is is that you know because I, you, you run the risk of that as well especially in like the, what, we, what we call like the honeymoon phase Right. I think that it's that is romantic in and of itself is when you realize that you are actually collaborating on this one project or this one big thing, you know? Yeah. And I believe that like that is probably like what romance is in its best form is like this idea of like two people deciding to come together and create something that is new and unique to them and and very personal and intimate and 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 also can be you know public and and grand but it 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 is also like I guess in my head supposed to be like good and I know that like not easy and, and 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 not necessarily like perfect but in I guess, like, it just needs to, in my, in my head, I think romance just needs to 
feel good. And there's like a sort of goodness in sort of the cathartic nature of purging, you know, uh, things that you have to unlearn together or things that you have to tackle together. But like at the end of the day, it has to do good and not do harm. And with that being said, I do want to sort of switch gears because we've talked about like, uh, we've talked about uh, sort of what we want romance to be or look like or feel like, and, and I'm sure that'll come up more and we can go on forever with that. But I do want to sort of throw it to something else really quickly. What, if anything, is something that people think is romantic that you can't stand? Like, what is something that, like, is, you know, the cliche romance that you're like, actually, nothing about this is romantic to me? (laughs) Oh, that's a really, that's a really, really good question. Um, Of course it's a good question. I thought of it all by myself without any help from my producer, Myeline. You did that one all by yourself. I'm really proud of you. All by my, like, it's like I'm, like, team of one here. Like, there's no person behind the curtains at all in this meeting. Damn. Who would have thought? Um, I, I feel <laughs> like, ugh. I almost want to, I, I almost want to have you go first for this one. I, that's a really, oh. that's a really, uh, I've never really given this any thought. Like, there's definitely things that. May has left Roy speechless. This is really the first time for everything. Wow, huh? okay. I, I mean, no, I mean, ugh. There are definitely things that just annoy the hell out of me on a, like on a date, you know, but romantically, like just if someone's idea of romance. Yeah, you can, yeah, you okay. can share that. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So let's, let's, I don't know, like someone, someone's idea of what romance might look like is like, I don't know. Um, God, I'm like drawing a blank. <laughs> I can go first. Yeah, Mine's really easy, and it's not fun or funny. Well, it might. My it might, answer. It might. My, no, you know, it's not going to be the same thing. My answer is heteronormativity. The concept of straight people going on dates is not romantic. That's not cute. That's ugly. Stop that right now. I. It's Pride Month. I can be as heteropulpic as I possibly can be, and th- therefore I will be, and I always am. I think that straight people shouldn't be allowed to go on dates unless they pay me a fee. Thank you. Fair that enough. is my TED talk. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I, I mean, definitely. It's so weird that you mentioned that because I feel like when I've been on, 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 I've been on dates with men and women, and it's very different. <laughs> but not. I don't think it necessarily has to do be, has to do anything with the gender. In that, I think it's just different dynamic I guess um anyway back to people's idea of romance um I think something that really annoys me in you know when I go on when I have been on dates in the past and I'm on a date with someone it's like when they're trying to be too um sensual on the first date Mm, what is what do you mean by that like just when someone's very obviously like trying to like be physically intimate with you prematurely not necessarily like Uh, oh not necessarily like oh i want to jump your bones but but just well obviously i get that a lot yeah i'm sure i'm sure that it happens to you a lot you know and so like you you get it um but but more so you know, I think it's not romantic. It, it just, you don't know me. And it makes me, it, you know, because I am very much, I think, I think I am a very sensual person. But I'm not going to be that way if I don't really know you. Or, like, I'm not really, like, you have to build that vulnerability, I think. Um Mm. And you know, I've I, I've been on dates where where people just become too physically close too quickly, and it it's a little jarring for me. Um, yeah, I 
enjoy intimacy to a certain extent and like physicality i love mm. physical touch etc etc yeah. and i've learned looking back that people who initiate that after just meeting me and like move really quickly into intimacy yeah maybe that's a red flag yeah. that i need to look well, out because, for in the future yeah. because they they've always ended in a very interesting and intense way very quickly well because you know once I'm with someone or I've been with someone for some time or we've been on a few dates, like, I'm very much a physical touch person. I'm very, like, yeah, like, I I very much am sensual and physical touch is one of my biggest love languages. But on a first date, you know, we're getting to know each other and we're talking. Like, I think that that really should just happen naturally. And I think that I've been on dates where, I, you know, sometimes it just feels a little bit like it's being forced almost as in like on this first date if i'm not like feeling this physical thing with this person then it's not it's not romantic or it's not going to go anywhere it's not going to work out um but what i'm looking for on a first date with someone if i when i was on you know going on dates with people was like ask me questions <laughs> about me you know and and there there's some people who who really do just want to sit there and listen and like you know get to know you and you can just talk endlessly but i can't do that uh you know on a date with someone like i want a back and forth you know i want to have a a, a tennis match mm, you know yeah it doesn't seem like your style you know i want a little bit of banter or a little bit of question i want a bit of banter babes. just just a bit of banter you know um no like I, I i want to to feel like you also have questions about me you know there should be like a mutual interest and like a desire mm-hmm. to like because like theoretically a first date has the potential to be a, a building block for so yeah for something else yeah, 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 so yeah. like there should yeah. be at least like signs that this person is like meeting you halfway and like it's uh, sort of this mutual thing i definitely want to elaborate a little bit especially now that you shared your answer like well i don't even know if i am answering the question properly now that i think about it but no 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 i think you are i think i think people consider you know physical intimacy to be romantic and like to force that or rush that kind of isn't romantic to you. And I think when I was talking about heteronormativity, yes, I was making it a bit because I love to perform, um, especially when I have to talk about oppression a thousand times in my life. But in like an honest way, I think heteronormativity really is something that has been a, uh, a roadblock for me in romance because even within like queer communities, mm. um, it kind of seeps in and like, I don't, I think my stance so heavily against romance is surface level. I just, it's easier to be like, I don't believe in romance than to explain that I think that the, that I think that the systems and the institutions that uphold the like standards and rules in which romance is like designed to be, you know, Mm -hmm it benefits a heteronormative society and like the way in which that we expect men and women specifically to interact romantically. And therefore every other like iteration of romance sort of feels like a funhouse mirror of what that is, even when trying to like create it for yourself. Um, and, and I talked about this a little bit earlier, but I do want to sort of, we are in Pride Month, so I do want to spotlight this more for the audience yeah. and anyone listening. I think something that is really beautiful about queerness is that getting to create and decide and take what what sort of works for you and, and what... Um, what speaks to you and and what feels good and kind of shed and unlearn what doesn't and replace it with new and healthy ways of communicating and being and existing and oh god I guess I am still hopeful about things but my point is before I get too deep into that sort of spiral um my point is um I think 
the things about romance that I find deeply unromantic is when I can see the roots in which it is problematic or leading back to some sort of standard that I don't fit into, don't believe in, and I'm mm. not trying to like continue mm-hmm. to, yeah. um, you know, uh, to continue to like carry and, and support. Um, so I guess that is more of like an honest answer of sure, uh, sure, like sure. what I sure. what I I find unromantic about romance, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because like, yeah, a lot of a lot of these things like. I just I want to figure out like what does that mean to myself if if I don't if the rules and regulations of romance because like again romance is as as an institution is a little bit different as romance as a practice and romance as a theory and I think romance as an institution kind of has a lot of these rules that I'm like well I lose within the institution of romance I'm I lose. And that's not because I don't deserve, because, I mean, come on. I mean, you do, me. because like, everyone, come on, well, vibes. And, and because... Come on, vibes. <laughs> and, but like, everyone come does, on, look at the know. material. And, like, you know, every, I guess everyone does. But, I mean, like, I know that I do. I deeply know that. And it's more about, like, when I say, like, romance is not for me, I'm not being, like... I think sometimes it comes across as, like, oh, you're just being self-deprecating. Like, oh, you just need to, like, love your... Oh, do not tell me to love myself. It... Oh, my days. Mm-hmm. I'm about to, like, spiral. But, no, because the things that I hear are typically, like, A, oh, there's someone for everyone. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Oh, just love yourself. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the hardships of trying to find and navigate romance in, like, a very, like, visibly queer, like, non-conforming, fluid body, and then, like, having to put that into a funnel of, like, oh, what do men think? Oh, what do other Mm -hmm. queer people think? Oh, what do other Mm non-binary people think? Et cetera, et cetera. And, like, putting myself out there all the time means, like, filtering myself through those systems and realizing that they fail me. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's... And it's... And the things... Oh, sorry. No, just... Go on, go on. And the cosmetic things about romance that remind me of what the standard is supposed to be the sort of Mm rom-com man and woman silly little humans playing um at love thing if that if i sense that in something it's automatically unromantic to me because it's like that is something that isn't really rooted to anything else and i think yeah well, now now that you're really mentioning all of this about the unconventionality of, you know, I think, you know, we're both queer people, you know, um, and, and I think that we're all the more, uh, I think, truly illuminated because of that fact in the sense that um, we create new narratives within the idea of love, romance, connection, friendship, etc. You know, um, but when you're, you're talking about that, I am starting to remember something that really, really, really just enrages me in modern day romance, especially when it comes to heteronormative uh, relationships or, or dynamics um, the idea of the man being the knight in shining armor and I have to, you know, do 100% of the work or not 100% of the work, but I have to like take charge of every single scenario or I'm just stony and protective of myself. And that is somehow endearing or, or sexy, you know, that I am so hard-headed mm-hmm. or I'm so protective of my emotions, etc. You know what I mean? is is very it's just fucking unattractive to me you know what i mean like there's really no other way to say that because as a bisexual man there's a lot of i think stigma that i have started to become more and more aware of that surrounds that title or or, not title uh orientation that Identity? identity that i've that i've sort of uh, that I identify with, 
um, that just really anger me. You know, it's this idea of, you know, I, mm. I, I, you know, have grown up in a Latin American world, right? Or, mm-hmm. or at least, you know, that, you know, that's my background. I also grew up in, in the Heights of Manhattan and, you know, and I went to a high school that was full of uh, cis white men, <laughs> boys rather, uh, and, you know, and 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 then the the you know there was a lot of queer people in my high school but then i was going back home to being surrounded by uh just a lot of hyper masculinity you know yeah machismo can be its machismo, own episode, it's its own yeah we, I we have that. a whole episode I, on that one well but. i think what's interesting is like and like it's uh it's sort of a stretch and i think we, I, I really have to like, I would have to articulate this better, but in a weird, like, sort of roundabout way, we're kind of talking about the same sides of, of, of the same, of a different coin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. or the same, wait, what? The same coin, wait, what? You're getting there. <laughs> different, you almost different have sides it. of the same coin. <laughs> yes. And, um, I think what kept coming up, you know, when, uh, for me, it was like this idea of, uh, femphobia. Um, I think for someone who is more traditionally masculine and who identifies as a man, um, mm-hmm. the way that it comes up in what I'm hearing and filtering through my like queer theory lens is like traits that are more feminine, like emotions and and letting your guard down, yeah. are seen as a negative when it right. comes to romance, and and it's romanticized to not. In in uh, interact with them exactly. in the way that lets you be a fully fleshed human, and I think when I was talking about like heteronormativity and like how it affects my romantic life, it's like, yeah, I think people just don't get me, and I and I, I don't need people to mm-hmm. understand me. Mm-hmm. Like I understand me, mm-hmm. I don't need people to love me because yeah. I love me. Yeah, but. I'm I am willing to show people and be understood. It's just the world isn't really willing. Mm-hmm. And I mean that generally speaking, right? Like mm-hmm. I hate when people are like, "Well, there's going to be that one person." Okay, I'm talking about how difficult it is for me. Like it doesn't mean mm-hmm. it doesn't mean I'm never going to find love. Mm-hmm. It just means that it is incredibly difficult to exist in a queer and like gender queer and like mm-hmm. fluid mm-hmm. Um, body and express myself freely and know that like when I go to WeHo that Roy is going to get hit on I and and I don't want to be hit on by strangers but that's not the point that I'm making like sure. it is harder to believe in something that is not offered to you and 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 that's my relationship with romance but I guess my question to you because that can be its own episode episode and I don't I do want to uh, spend the rest of our time talking together. Um, in your opinion, um, which will probably be different, uh, filtered through your perspective, should we give romance a second chance? Is it worth it? I th- I I think that it'll it, it it will always be worth it. I think that it's really really scary and it will always be scary you know I think that being in love or wanting to love I think that wanting to find that or wanting to romance someone is it's terrifying it it really 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 is but I think that it will always be worth what you get on the other side of it you know, I have been through the ringer when it comes to romance and when it comes to people that I care about, you know, romantic or otherwise. But if you can feel a sense of understanding, a sense of belonging, a sense of safety at the end of the day with someone, I think it's worth it. 
and we're humans, right? Like we're built to connect. We're built to find a home in other people, in communion, you know? Yeah, I guess, I think in theory, I can agree with that. And I, I want to say that it may not be the sunshine and rainbows message, but in practice, it's okay to, the same way it's okay to walk away from a job that isn't fulfilling or, uh, you know, a, a housing situation that isn't healthy it's okay to put down romance for a season or a few or a while if mm-hmm. if looking for it is more hurtful than than it's worth mm-hmm. finding uh and maybe in some very nihilistic way there's some sort of comfort in that um in choice and with that, I just want to yeah. thank my producer, May. I want to thank you, Roy, for being here and spending thank you. time with us and um, talking <laughs> to me and, and sharing your thoughts and being so vulnerable. And I want to thank um, all the listeners who uh, tune in and please, you know, share your thoughts with me, uh, with the, the podcast uh, account, with any of us. Roy, how can um, people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram uh, at Roy.Scandella. Ooh, dot. That's my handle. <laughs> dot Scandella. Roy.Scandella. Scandella is S-C-A-N-D-E-L-A. So Roy, D-O-T, and then S, or, or like, oh, like a physical. No, like, no, no. Oh. A phys- uh, the actual oh, like symbol a period. Dot Roy.Scandella. Yes. Oh, so like Roy, yes. P-E-R-I-O-D. <laughs> Why are you... No? Okay. Well, well, we'll have it in the description. The symbol. The we'll symbol. have it in the description. The oh, okay. symbol. Folks. Oh, it's a symbol. Uh, it's a symbol yes. for something. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I've had a time. and <laughs> I have too. This has been incredible. I. I this is... I, I had a it's it's been great talking to you I think it's um you and I both have very uh profound views on 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 a lot and it's been fun to have that tennis match to some yeah, degree some someone said something on a break about like me being a really great conversationalist and being really pretty and beautiful and amazing hmm. I don't know something like that maybe oh was your did your mirror say that Maybe mm. the mirror will be my next guest, and and I'll oh. just re-record this episode. <laughs> no, I'll, all right, bye, y'all. No, 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 absolutely not. <laughs>